Coming up on podcast 1604, Tesla overhauls their energy and range predictions in car with the latest software. Stick around, I'll tell you more. Also on the show today, CATL, the battery maker, look at battery swapping outside of China, DTM, electric car racing. But what noise will it make? We have some audio to play you and European testing of the Iways U6. Well, good morning, good afternoon or good evening, wherever you are in the world. It's EV News Daily, your trusted source of EV information for the weekend, Sunday 25th of September. My name is Martin Lee and I go through every EV story so you don't have to. And stick around to the end if you're a Patreon supporter, executive producer or above. I'll give you a weekly name shout out like we do at the end of the podcast. Welcome to a new slash established executive producer, Mario. Uh, now, Mario emailed me to say, hey, joined up a little while ago and you've not added my name to the show notes. Oh my God goodness, what have I done? You see, occasionally things fall through the cracks. Okay. Often things fall through the cracks. Sorry, Mario. Uh, so Mario Caballero. Your name's in the name in the show notes now, if you have a look on Patreon. Uh, and of course, a reminder that Patreon supporters get their ad-free feed as well, so you don't have to listen to the adverts, which support the free tier and other things as well. Your own email address to get hold of me. Uh, so Mario Caballero, welcome for a while now, uh, to the podcast. We'll start with news about General Motors. They've stopped taking reservations for the Hummer. Now, between January and June this year, they delivered fewer than 400 pickups of the Hummer. They currently have reservations of 45,000 for the pickup and about the same again for the SUV version. Now, according to CNN, they couldn't say how long it would take for them to manufacture and deliver Even the backlog of pre-orders they've got, but they stopped taking reservations for new ones. A bit like Ford stopped taking reservations for the Ford F-150 Lightning when their order backlog grew. That got to 200,000 at the end of last year, and they closed the doors on that for a while, just so that people weren't end up signing up for a vehicle that was three, four, five years away. But that doesn't seem to bother certain pre-orders at other EV companies. Right, let's move on and talk battery swapping. CATL is evaluating whether to bring battery swapping to countries outside of China to expand their business to international markets. The world's largest EV battery maker launched battery swapping in China earlier this year in January, where you rent or lease your battery pack from CATL and you put it into your car. It's their battery, uh, but of course you don't get the uh, purchase price that money on the purchase price of the car and uh, and of course it's their problem so if the battery starts to degrade over time or they have to swap out cells or do maintenance hey it's all their problem Uh, the company is evaluating expanding that into europe it could help foreign car makers now catl are not in the business of making evs but they could well be in the business of giving a certain common set of specifications to other car makers and so you know i know that neo are very famous for battery swapping but perhaps as these chinese car makers expanding to western markets that's one option is that many of them could offer battery swapping and many of those battery swap stations as well could be operated by the battery manufacturer itself catl uh, and yet the car makers don't have to go to the expense of building their own infrastructure. Just an idea. I'll pop a link to CNBC in the show notes so you can read more. Now, Iveco, the name in commercial vans, uh, presenting their electric transporter. They've called it the E-Daily. The E-Daily is being shown off at the IAA show in Hanover. And the first customer, it's all electric, by the way, is Petit Forestier. Uh, They have ordered 2,000 of them. It comes in a panel van, chassis van, double cab, cutaway, minibus, and cowl van. Uh, You get single tyres on the rear or twin tyres on the rear uh, from 3.5 to 7.2 tonnes. 
Uh, there's uh, three battery packs on offer. Each of them is 37 kilowatts, and they can be, uh, sorry, kilowatt hours, huh, even I do it, uh, and they can be stacked, and they can be stacked. So that could be a maximum of 111 kilowatt hours of batteries. Uh, so you, but if you're root, if you're, you know, because I see Petit, I think when I was in London, I used to work in London back in the dark old days. Uh, I think I used to see Petit Forestier vans flying around about five o'clock when I was going in to do the breakfast show on various radio stations. And, uh, and I th- so I think they obviously uh, supply the catering industry. And, you know, if you do a route that is 20, 30 miles a day, why would you spec a van that can do, well, a ton of miles? Uh, so that's interesting that the batteries, batteries are modular on the Evicos. I love that. Uh, they'll charge DC charger 80 kilowatts and 40 kilowatts for the one-pack version. So, again, not one that you'd have uh, on the road 24-7, probably. Uh, have some time off the road. Uh, the payload is 4.6 tonnes and the towing capacity 3.5 tonnes. Load volume over 20 cubic metres. Deliveries begin next year. Really decent set of specs on that for commercial vehicles. I love, love the idea that we're seeing more and more electric vehicles expand into these kind of segments that go far far and beyond the cars that we talk about. And sometimes you do talk about these cars that are wildly priced. And we've talked about the Mercedes-Benz EQS a fair bit on the show. But not its equivalent, the BMW i7. I don't know why that is. Look, it's a 150 grand car, so... That might well be why it's interesting, but it is interesting that those kind of halo cars, those cars that, you know, for whatever reason, I, mean, I have a curiosity of reading, reading about you know, Rolls Royces or Bentleys and these cars, not because I'm going to ever buy one, but just, you know, a curiosity. And so I found this on BMW blog uh, where they were uh, looking around YouTube and they found a BMW i7, it's the X-Drive 60, and uh, one of the dealers had done a little walk around and they'd spec'd it with a few options. They'd spec'd it with two-tone paint, so I'm not sure I like this look, uh, but it's got the blue metallic on the bottom half of the car, and then from the window line upwards, it's a grey 21-inch wheels, and the two-tone paint, if you want it, is $12,000. There's a premium package. Don't even know what that is. You think that everything possibly premium could be on this car, but now you can still spec more premium for $6,000. There's a 36-speaker uh, Bowers and Wilkin sound system. At what point do they put 35 speakers in it and go, I go, Dave, I've got an idea to how to make this better. I think we need 36 speakers. So they're gone for that. At $6,000, uh, the rear seat entertainment's five grand. That is the one where there's like a massive screen folds down from the roof for rear passengers. The rear comfort passenger is five grand as well. Uh, your ventilated seats at the back. It's where the front seats will then slide forwards and away. And uh, the brand new i7 uh, also has fully automatic doors. So, you know, closing the door, you wouldn't. If you've got that much money, you don't close a door, do you? And so front or back, like the Rolls Royce. So they'll open up almost 90 degrees if there's the sensors know how far to open them. And, uh, and yeah, so this car, $205,000. So uh, there we go. We don't talk about these cars very often, but when we do, let's point out they are ridiculous. But someone somewhere wants a BMW i7 with all of the options ticked. And to that person, that man or woman, I say... You've bought yourself a lovely car, but there won't be one in my driveway. There you go. I've done my bit talking about that car now. Uh, Ford are next in the news today, reshuffling their management to bolster their EV units. Uh, to develop EVs, Ford they were naming Doug Field uh, in, a new, in, a, in an expanded role as Chief Advanced Product Development and Technology Officer. He might need a slightly wider 
business card for that, or a very, very small font. Chief Advanced Product Development and Technology Officer. Uh, Doug Field will oversee EVs, software and digital systems. And I mention that because he's former Tesla. He's also former Apple. And he was with Apple's car project for a while, but then Ford poached him. Ford are also employing more and more people from the likes of HP and Google. And I think that's a good thing, because when you want to talk about connected software vehicles and driver assistance and stuff, you you want to be pulling from Silicon Valley, because that's where the best technology is. So that's a, I, I think that's a good thing, right, Ford? The more I see and hear about what Ford are doing, not just the vehicles that are on the market right now, because I, you know, I try and get the crystal ball out and look 5, 10 or 15 years in the future, the more I see of this, the more I'm convinced Ford are getting it way more right than they are wrong. And I think that's a great move. And Doug Field certainly is somebody key in the EV space and Ford uh, could do a lot worse uh, than promoting him. Now, uh, DTM is German touring cars and DTM Electric is going to be a one-make category to join the DTM support bill from 2025. The minute they're developing the cars, it's a prototype with 1,000 brake horsepower and 300 kilometres an hour of top speed. And the car was shown over the weekend, earlier today and yesterday as well on Saturday at the Red Bull Ring. And it's got special sound generating technology, but not a speaker system, so to speak. Um, DTM Electric, according to motorsport.com website, is supposed to resemble the sound of electric motors with tweaks to make it more appealing to the trackside spectators. DTM Electric features software that combines real-time data with a sound profile, and the soundtrack is then modelled on an actual electric motor. It's then transmitted via coils to the vehicle itself, and it causes the vehicle to vibrate. And in that way, you hear the noise being vibrated from the racing car rather than having loudspeakers on the car. It kind of works. Let me play you a clip of what this car... This is somebody on YouTube, one of the crowd members, uh, put a, a YouTube short up. Have a listen to this. Now, it does sound to me like they are really trying to model a bit of combustion sound in there. They said they're not. They said it's just kind of amplifying uh, electric motors. But have a listen again. And isn't there a gear change in there as well? Like the EVs, these cars don't have gear changes, but it sounds like they've modelled a gear change toward the end. Have a, a final listen. Yeah, that's not pure electric motor to me. That's a lot of augmented stuff, and that is, I don't know, I'm going to try to get a bit towards combustion. I must say, by the way, you know, long-term listeners, you know, I love racing, and I love all forms of motorsport. I do a Formula One podcast, I do podcasts on rallying and all sorts, and um, uh, if you want to look those up, then you can find them. Um, but And a lot of that involves burning fossils, by the way. And so I'm looking forward to more electric racing but World Rallycross, which I do love, I love less this year because they've gone all electric. And one of the reasons that I loved World Rallycross was because it sounded and looked bonkers and it was fast and frantic. And this year they've gone electric and, uh, and you know, I'm EV boy. You couldn't get more EV than me. But it does lose something. It loses some drama watching that. Mm. I'm really torn, you can tell. Let's talk about On The Way Soon. Xpeng, the G9, 
and they mucked up the ordering for the first. They didn't. They they wouldn't say that. It's my words, not theirs. Uh, they've had to redo the configurator because everyone was very confused. And European testing of the iways U6. Those stories and more coming up. So, let's talk BYD next. And BYD, the chairman, believes that LFP batteries are the right choice, and I'll tell you why. China needs to stick to LFP batteries, lithium-iron phosphate, as the route for EV batteries, because China has abundant lithium resources, BYD's chairman says. Uh, China has discovered a lot of lithium mines, but the rate of mining isn't actually as fast in China as it needs to be because the rate of demand is growing. China's lithium resources are sufficient for more than 300 million vehicles worth of batteries every year. In terms of cobalt and nickel, China has none, really. CATL, BYD, Goshen, the big dominant players in China in LFP batteries. And so that's, he's only saying there what's good for China, the same as USA. He said what's good for USA, which is right. Incentives only for US built stuff. And yet China had a bit of belly aching about that and said, oh, it's not fair. But, well, that's exactly what China does. They're they're moving towards LFP batteries because uh, they're cobalt free and they haven't got any cobalt. So it secures their own domestic supply. They're not daft, are they? Let's talk a little bit about tax benefits and incentives in the European Union. Nearly every EU member state offers some fiscal support to stimulate the market. Uptake of electric vehicles, writes the ACEA. But both the nature and monetary value of the benefits and the incentives is differing wildly across the European Union. 21 EU member states uh, and offer incentives to the purchase of an EV now. So if you're wondering, nah, well, you know, what's it like around Europe? Well, in the EU, the European Union, 21 member states uh, will give you money off an EV. Six countries do not provide any purchase incentives, but grant tax reductions or exemptions. And Estonia is the only member state with no fiscal stimuli at all. So for my Estonian listeners, we didn't know that you had it so hard. Sorry to hear that. Uh, they go through in quite a lot of detail, actually, um, the latest, because it's changing all the time. And obviously the UK, it's a e- EU thing, so the UK's not in here, but uh, we've lost all ours anyway. Um, and they go a lot into the, the current tax and purchase incentives as of today, which is a decent chunk of research for this organisation to do. Uh, they go through Austria, Belgium, Bulgaria, Croatia, Cyprus, Czech, Denmark, Estonia, boo, Estonia, um, Finland, France, Germany, Greece, Hungary, Ireland, Italy, Latvia, Lithuania, Luxembourg, Malta, uh, Netherlands, Poland, Portugal, Romania, Slovenia, and Slovakia, Spain, and Sweden. Yes, one more S. And so, uh, that is the current state of play. Uh, what are we missing? Uh, no Norway in there because they're uh, not part of the list. No UK in there because not part of the EU. So um, I'll pop a link to that. It's a PDF and it's chunky. And so really it's only for people that I guess want to get deep in the weeds, but I'll pop a link in the show notes. If you're, you know, print it out, do some revision, some homework in case anyone asks you down the pub this weekend. Oh, you know what so the Netherlands are doing for their EV incentives? You can say, as a matter of fact, I do. Right, let's move on. Let's talk a little bit about the Xpeng P9. That's a premium SUV launched on sale a few days ago. And frankly, I think they messed it up a little bit. They had a, a, a huge range of vehicles and it was really difficult to know um, what you got. And you, buyers in China were trying to work out, well, hang on, what system am I buying with this? Um, and so... Uh, Xpeng say that early demand for the G9 was positive, but customers were confused. So they've now totally redone it after just a couple of days and kind of gone with like the iPhoneification of the names. So it's like Plus and Pro and Ultra and rather than these long 
confusing names they had. And also, a lot of buyers were like, well, do I get the 800-volt system or not? And so they've had to make very clear, yes, this whole car is 800-volt system. Um, but it wasn't clear in the multiple different configurations you could get. That's a lesson, my friends, not because you can buy that car, um, because nobody outside China can buy it. It's a lesson, I think, in, in how you know, more EV, as, as car companies go towards EVs, uh, more can be, you know, more like Apple, more like Tesla, have two or three versions. And honestly, it's what people, I think it's what people want, unless you are getting in into expensive, expensive custom options lists and, you know, your own shade, your, your favorite shade of a certain color and on your really expensive vehicles. But I think for the rest of us, you know, less is more, isn't it? Right, let's talk a little bit about the iWays U6 doing its final European testing. Um, after a demanding test program in China, it's now in Europe for final testing and development of test drives. Um, they've done, it's an SUV, kind of a coupe, sportbacky SUV, the iWays U6. Done 400,000 test kilometres so far in Europe in the last 240 days, testing it alongside Bosch and ProDrive, validating it on the German Autobahn and more ready for a European sale. And finally, Tesla, headline story, took a while to get to it. Uh, Tesla's updated their... Next software update is 2022.36. They've missed a couple of numbers in there uh, since the last one. They've skipped forward to number 36. But it'll do things like notify your phone if you've left your car unlocked, the walk-away lock feature. If it's turned on, uh, where your car locks when you walk away, if you're using phone key or key fob, you have the option to exclude locking if you're at home. Um, it's redesigned the pop-up and historical usage for superchargers. If you navigate to a supercharger, um, it'll now tell you, you know, a bit like, if you go to Google Maps, if you type a business name into Google Maps, have you, have you done this? You type a business into Google Maps, it'll sometimes tell you the busy times of the day or week, the little graph. Something that sounds familiar. Um, they're doing like that. So you know how busy a supercharger is typically, historically. But the biggest feature they've done is to totally redesign the energy and uh, range, effectively, graphs. The new energy app shows way more detail of how the vehicle is using energy compared to what it predicted and what happened in reality. It now lets you know the energy the vehicle is using while driving, but also how much was used when you were parked up. So it will um, tell you about things like preconditioning, heating or cooling, cabin overheat, sentry mode, mobile app usage. It's also showing the amount of energy you've used, which you'd expect for driving, climate, battery, conditioning or preconditioning or conditioning on your way to a supercharger, uh, climbing altitudes and other systems. Now, by displaying the percent of the energy used for each of those, Tesla then compares it to your usage and its own prediction to show how far off it was. And I think this is, you know, just an example of how Tesla have to do one thing. And I know people tell me, oh, you know, they're an energy company or they're an, they are an ecosystem. They're a battery company. They're a software company. Don't you know uh, Tesla are just part of Elon Musk's genius empire? Yeah, but at the end of the day, I get all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Batteries, batteries, solar, blah, blah. If you work in Tesla's automotive division, you are single-mindedly focused on electric vehicles. And honestly, that comes through. In the software, the interface, uh, just that everything is perfectly dovetailed and integrated. It's just really impressive um, what they do. And that's great. So you can even show how far the car's prediction was, close or not, to what actually happen at the end of your journey. And that will educate drivers in a way like you wouldn't believe in terms of energy 
usage. So people will get not just the nerds, not just the YouTube testers of the world, but oh right, I'm running a bit low, turning off the air conditioning will have this effect or no effect because it was using so little. Um, but actually, maybe I don't want to precondition because I'm actually not bothered about the charge speed of when I get to that supercharger because you know maybe I'm going to be stopped for two hours or in a hotel overnight. So I don't need to spend energy preconditioning a battery that is then going to be sat parked up. So yeah, I think it's just brilliant and. You know, more of that, please, from all the other car makers. Right, uh, question of the week. Uh, it's taken a wee break, but it will return. Uh, thank you very much to all of our Patreon supporters. Quick mention, as it's Sunday for everybody, uh, that'll be our premium partners, Phil Roberts of Electric Future, Brad Crosby, Porsche of the Village of Cincinnati, Audi of Cincinnati East, Volvo Cars of Cincinnati East, National Car Charging on the US mainland and Aloha Charge in Hawaii, Derek Riley and his EV Review Island YouTube channel, Richard at rsev.co.uk for buying and selling EVs in the UK, Octopus Electric Universe, they did global public charging, and they make it simple with one app, one map, and milbrookcottages.co.uk. That should be your first and only five-star luxury destination in Devon to stay in a lovely cottage. Hi to the partners of the show, David and Lisa Allen. Thank you for that long, long-term support you, you've given me. Yuka uh, Kukunen from shift2electric.com with a number two. Hi to Rajiv Narayan, Michael Lumley, battery reports at recurrentauto.com, and also Darren McCleskey from DeNovo Real Estate. Thank you so much for your support. And our executive producers, Adrian Bond, Alan Shedd, Alex Banahini, Alexander Frank, Anders Hove, Andrea Jefferson, Andrew Luoma, Andy Nancaro, and Lillian Cass, Asir Khalid, Bjard Fuchstack, Bill Calhoun, Blaine McKinney, Blunderbuss Jones, Brian O'Leary, Brian Thompson, Bruce Bohannon, and Chad Lane. Charles Hall, Christopher Bath, Colin Hennessy, and Cam ZV. Craig Rogers, David Finch, David Dysart, David Partington, David Prescott, and DC EV. Ed Cortine, Eddie Regassa, Eric Hansen, Eru Cuny Nyombi, Frederick Rovick, Gene Rubin, George Chotrolo, Heinrich Leisner, Ian Waddy Watkins, Ian Griffiths, Ian Sear, Jack Oakley, Jacob Coon, James Penfold, uh, James Storr, Jan, sorry, Jan, I know Jan very well, uh, Jan from eMobilityNorway.com, but I'm not getting his name wrong, uh, Jim Morris, John Schroeder, John Vandervoort, John who is bearding with beard face at Ken TVs, John Manjack, Juan Gonzalez, Kester Sandback, Kevin Merson, Lawrence Deanna, Lee Brown, Luke Gully, Marcel Ward, Nathan Gore-Brown, Nathan King, Nathaniel Friedman, Neely Roberts from Sussex EVs, Ohad Aston, Paul Stevenson, Pete Glass, Pete Gordon, Peter and D. Roberts, Peter Reiner, uh, Phil Moucher, Philip Troutman, uh, Raymond Rowledge, Realtors Choice Photography, Rob from the RS Thinks EV channel on YouTube, Robert Grace, Stakey Payne, Stephen Penn, Steve John, The Plug Seekers EV YouTube channel, Thomas JTS, Timothy Phillips and Tyler Voss. Have a good and remember there is no such thing as a self-charging hybrid.